When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Allegations. Nothing personal. Word of the day. It is Monday, August 14th, 2023. Good morning. Hope everybody had a good weekend. So many stories to get to that we're just going to start with what's going on in Tampa. A distraction they clearly did not need played out this weekend in a most bizarre way. And there's a lot of different things going on. Wander Franco. Remember the guy in the Rays, that major long-term deal, superstar, five tools, let's sign him, let him be here his entire career, give him hundreds of millions of dollars, that Wander Franco. Wander Franco, the same guy who's been disciplined by the Rays during the course of this season, some issues in having him be a grown-up in the clubhouse, that Wander Franco. All of a sudden yesterday during the course of the game, Tampa got information about a story that was going viral that Wander Franco had had an inappropriate relationship with an underage girl. He was not playing in the game. He was in the dugout. And in the fifth inning of the game, when all of this was going down, meaning all the information was being disseminated, stories were coming up. Do we believe it? Do we not believe it? Coke and I were talking about it immediately. Does it get in the show? Let's wait to see what else happens. Fifth inning, Franco disappears. The way a player leaves in the middle of a game is only by having a conversation with Major League Baseball. We don't kick players out of the stadium without alerting baseball who alerts the union. So baseball gets alerted as to what's happening by Tampa. Baseball has to give a statement immediately where they say they are investigating, we are looking into the allegations. The Rays have to give a statement after the game. When you know this is coming and you can't avoid it, you start working on the statement during the game and it's the normal, we are working on it. We take this situation seriously. We're in close contact with Major League Baseball as it conducts its due diligence. Every team has the same statement when you have an issue with a player as it relates to domestic violence, underage, inappropriate sexual relations, abuse. That's the statement that the team is told to make. That's what the team does make. And then baseball, through its Department of Investigations, starts investigating. As you may recall, a player like Trevor Bauer, he stays on the team. He was going to pitch after everything came out about what he did until baseball stepped in and put him on administrative leave. Wander Franco has not been put on administrative leave yet, but he did not travel with the team after the game yesterday when Tampa was starting its road trip. If you have a player not traveling with the team, that player has to either be hurt, be on the injured list, 
be on the suspended list, the restricted list, administrative leave. There has to be a reason. Otherwise, that player goes with the team. Now, you can get a Major League Baseball and union-approved paternity leave. That's That's a different list. But there has to be an explanation as to why a player is not with his team. So we're going to have to hear what the Rays did with Franco and what Major League Baseball is going to do with Franco. I'm interested in this story in another way because Kevin Cash, the manager of the Rays, all of this is going down. We can get word down to the manager when something's happening during a game. We will call the clubhouse manager, go to the clubhouse. We will have a clubby go to the dugout and tell the bench coach what's happening. Give a note to the bench coach so the bench coach can tell the manager. We will not talk to the manager during the game directly. After the game, we can tell our PR people that we're going to close the clubhouse to media for a few extra minutes because we have to speak to Kevin Cash because we have to give Kevin his talking points for how to deal with the situation. The Tampa Rays did that. Kevin Cash, of course, was asked after the game why Franco wasn't playing. And then where was he? And what Cash was told to say and what he did say is I'm aware of the speculation and I'm not going to comment any further on that. The day off was because it was a day off. He was asked, was there any issue with Franco other than getting a regular day off? And Cash said no. I never once gave a position player a day off on the day of his giveaway. Not one time. Pitchers during their giveaways, bobbleheads or whatever, if it's not their day to pitch, they don't pitch. Bench player giveaway, he's a bench player. But when your regular has a giveaway, your regular plays on the day of the giveaway. The baseball department knows what the marketing department's doing. The team president makes sure of that. There are VP meetings discussing this. The promotional calendar is done during the off season. Wander Franco getting a day off on his giveaway day, which coincidentally was yesterday. By the way, you wouldn't believe what the giveaway was. It was a snapback hat only for children 14 and under. I would assume that Ray's speculation did not know about the allegations prior to the gates opening. Because if they did, I would be shocked that they went ahead with the giveaway. Given what the allegations are, I would have pulled that giveaway, kept them in the box. Once the Rays find out and the giveaway is happening, nothing you can do. Knowing it's the giveaway and still not playing him. And it's not as though he's getting two days off, which is what you do with a regular who you're trying to get rest to. You give them a day off before an off day to get them two full days in a row. The Rays are playing today. So this would have been a scheduled Sunday off for Franco, a 22-year-old, might I add. But a scheduled Sunday off, first game missed since the All-Star break. But why not combine it with an off day? 
It all seems very coincidental to me that Franco was not in the lineup and Kevin Cash having to tell you that no, no, it was scheduled. Well, that doesn't make me feel any better about the Rays because if it were scheduled, then they scheduled it on the wrong day. If no allegations had come out, there are people going to the game to get the giveaway to watch Franco play and he's sitting. The Rays general manager was seen going into Cash's office after the game, which is what you do because you're going with your PR guy to tell Cash what to say, to talk about what you're going to do. There was no way he was going to comment. The Rays are going to stay quiet. They have to stay quiet until Major League Baseball decides what they're going to do. And they're going to act quickly. What do you do when you have a player signed to a long-term deal and they're problem children? Does that sound familiar? Anybody in San Diego thinking the same thing about Tatis? When he got suspended for steroids? Concerned he's on year one or year two of a 13-year deal? When teams sign young players to long-term deals, they do it with the understanding it's not going to be perfect. There are going to be moments. There are going to be problems. There's going to be behavioral issues. There's going to be maturity issues. But we believe in the talent and we believe in the deal that we got. That used to be what a front office would think. The problem today is the long-term deals that are being signed by the young players are not being done at a discount, which means you're, play you're paying full rack retail rate. What's the benefit? I never understood. Now, Atlanta does it right, you could argue. Are you sure? Locking up everybody for tons of years? We'll find out. They're not going to bat a thousand. But when you do sign a player like that, you're not thinking steroids, Tatis, and you're not thinking domestic violence or inappropriate sexual misconduct or any sort of suspension like that, what you're planning for is potential dips in performance, peaks and valleys, growing into leadership, growing into power. He'll hit in the teens, but we see him as a 30 home run player. Growing into different positions, no problem. He's an infielder now. We got to be ready for the fact that he could be a DH in the past, in the last few years of this long deal that will keep him on our team for his entire career. He's an infielder at third and short. He may end up at first. All of those things are normal things to consider when you are signing a young player to these type of long-term deals. But the lack of leadership, lack of maturity, and then this possible issue, the Tampa Bay Rays have to figure out whether they have a Wander Franco problem. And if so, will there be a team that will help get rid of that problem? We will know more as this story continues to develop. And I can only hope that the allegations are not true. Sometimes when allegations are made, they get proven immediately. I always used to like that because then there's no speculation. There's nothing to worry about. And the best way for an allegation to become a fact is when 
the allegation is against a person and the person stands up and actually says, hey, this is true. Yesterday, and we were gonna talk about this later in the show, James Harden, Woj did a, the insider, Woj for ESPN, sent a tweet that James Harden really wants a trade. He does not wanna play for the Sixers, but Philadelphia is not gonna trade him. A few minutes later, another tweet comes out, a source close to Harden says, he doesn't wanna to go to training camp. He doesn't wanna play with the Sixers. We've got back and forth speculation. It's a worthy topic, a little bit lower in the show. Until a video came out this morning during James Harden's Adidas sponsored tour, guess where, in China. And this is what he said. Corey is a liar and I will never be a part of an organization that he's part of. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. That's a first. Never in my career have I seen a player come out that emphatically and talk about a team president or owner or GM or manager. Although there are players who say, I don't want to play for Steve Nash anymore. Kevin Durant said, it's either me or him. This sort of emphatic statement in china no less and that's not a coincidence you all remember the daryl morey china hong kong incident that cost the national basketball association tens of millions of dollars you think that it just so happened that james harden doesn't know his audience he knows exactly who he was speaking to people in china haven't forgotten about daryl morey so what do you do if you're the sixers Josh Harris puts his head in the sand and says, I'm all about the commanders. Don't bother me about anything Sixers related. I got a football team to run. Ask Magic. No, no, forget that. I'm with my family wearing commander stuff. We're turning this around. We're trying to save Eric Bieniemy. We're trying to apologize for everything that's going on in their training camp. We can't fight so many battles on so many different fronts. Daryl, what should we do? Daryl's saying, I'm not gonna make a trade. I am not trading James Harden unless it's a trade that makes sense for this organization because we have a better chance of winning a title with James Harden than without him. Wrong. We want to make sure our chances don't decrease by having James Harden gone without the requisite return. And then the video comes out. I don't care how much you don't take things personally. I don't care if you have a show called Nothing Personal. When Daryl Morey sees that, there is no coming back from this moment. James Harden can skip training camp all he wants. He can miss games like Kyrie. He can start getting fined, no problem. Josh Harris may say, hey, Blitzy and I spoke. We wanna save his money because the commanders need some help. We're just gonna suspend him. And then Daryl Morey will say, we can't win a championship like that. And then Joel Embiid will say, I don't wanna be here anymore. We're not a championship caliber club. The Philadelphia 76ers have no choice but to trade James Harden now, no matter the return. 
when James Harden opted into this year of his deal, he said that he opted in when there was an understanding that the club was going to trade him. He opted in with the understanding that everyone was going to get their way in this situation. The only thing that's changed since then is that other teams have not been willing to give to the Sixers the assets that the Sixers think that Harden is worth. Now, there's some delusion there. James Harden is not a championship player. James Harden is not the centerpiece of a championship team. For Daryl Morey to think that the Sixers have a better chance of winning a championship with James Harden means they have a 5% chance without him and they have a 7% chance with him. Whatever, you're not a championship team. When there is a misunderstanding between a front office and other front offices on the worth of a player, you get the Lillard situation. When there is a misunderstanding or a difference in the evaluation of a player, you get stagnation. That's fine in the normal course of a league season. That happens every day. When we value our player X, you value him at Y, therefore we can't make a trade. No problem. It happens before the MLB trade deadline. It happens 50 times. You're throwing out different trades to different teams. Nah, nah. We view that prospect only as a B. Oh, well, we have him as an A. Okay? No trade. No problem. Move on. On to the next team. But when you've got a situation with the player who says he does not want to play for your team, Christian Yelich, I don't want to play for the Marlins anymore. All right, we'll trade you. They didn't have to trade him. Christian Yelich was not going to sit. He was going to be miserable, but he certainly was not going to sit. Players who demand trades from teams, the Colts player who wanted the trade. Coca, you're going to have to help me. Jonathan Taylor is the name that comes to mind. Well, I think this weekend we found out, yeah, he's going to report. There are some players who stick to their principles. Bell set out there. So it can happen. James Harden sitting out. I wouldn't have contemplated that as a possibility until this video. James Harden cannot go back on his word. You can go back on a trade demand. You can go back on all sorts of things that you do that aren't as emphatic. But when you make that video, which will be viral, it will get attention today. It just came out this morning and we're live at 8 a.m. Everyone's going to pick it apart. There's nothing to pick apart. That's the end of the relationship. It's not the, hey, I don't love you when you do this. Hey, I think we may need some therapy if you do that. This was Daryl Morey is a liar. Let me say it again. I will never, never say never. James Harden did. I will never be a part of this organization if he's in it. So you think Josh Harris is going to wake up today and fire Dale or Maury and say, James, please come back. Look, we took care of it. NGTH, not going to happen. How does this end? It ends with tears and a journey. And here's the journey. The Sixers are trading James Harden. Josh Harris will walk into Daryl Morey's office and say, Daryl, I choose you. 
do the best you can get expiring contracts. If we have to waste a year, we're going to sit with Joel. We're going to explain to him that, hey, it didn't work with Harden, but we've got a plan. Here's the free agents available. Here's the money. Here's what our, what we're thinking of using it on. What do you think, Joel? But you cannot go into the season with James Harden suspended. So wait to see is when we tell you something's going to happen. If it does, we revisit it. And if it doesn't, we'll tell you it didn't. Unlike those other shows that you may watch where people just forget about the things they say wrong, I guess if you just talk loudly enough, it doesn't matter that you were wrong. We always revisit things we get wrong. Official wait to see. The Philadelphia 76ers will trade James Harden. All right, Coke, when we come back, we are going to review a series that I watched, binged last night, uh, two nights ago into yesterday. I want to explain how I watched Hijack. And then we're going to talk about what happened with Kevin Brown, the broadcaster. You will not believe the statement that he released that we predicted would happen, that he came back and announced a game on Friday. His suspension was over. That ridiculous suspension that happened uh, that the Orioles suspended their own broadcaster for saying exactly what was true. It was a huge story last week. Well, he came back and before he did, he made a statement that uh, will certainly make you smile. We'll be right back. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson. Thank you very much for rating, reviewing, all the things you do to engage with our show. We're live and you're with us. Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. If you're listening to this, while you're listening or watching, go to davidsampsonpodcast.com. We have some new merch on there. We haven't dropped we have a really cool one, uh, a cool shirt that uh, is different than the Nothing Personal logo. No spoiler alerts because it's just cool enough that we think you'll love it. But go to the merch store, engage with the website, sign up, and we're going to start doing special things for the people who have signed up. So davidsampsonpodcast.com. I got a call from uh, Pablo Torre on... Friday, asking me whether I'd seen Hijack. And I'd gotten a bunch of emails and, and tweets and ats and DMs about people asking me to watch Hijack, and I had not watched it. It was relatively low on the list, but on the list. Pablo calls me and says, if you've seen it, you should watch it. I said, all right, Pablo, you don't often call. I'm going to do it. So on Saturday night, I watched the first four episodes, and the plan was that I was gonna watch the last three episodes yesterday in between the different runs I did. Yesterday, I ran four miles four different times at 9 a.m., at noon, at four, and at 7 p.m. as part of training for this challenge I'm doing in September uh, called the 4x4x48 Challenge. We will talk more about it. We're trying to raise money to cure Parkinson's. There is a link in a bio. Um, I don't know whose bio, 
Brett Parker's bio, not my bio. Anyway, I'm not gonna ask you to donate today. Just know that I had four runs yesterday and in between the plan was to watch the episodes of Hijack, not thinking how tired I'd be and how grumpy and how hungry. To make a long story short, I did watch the last three, got through it, binged all seven. Can we talk about it? The end of Hijack, is so preposterous that it ruined the beginning of Hijack where Idris Elba is on a plane that gets hijacked. There's a whole story about why it's hijacked, how it works, and he plays this character that somehow gets himself involved in the hijack, trying to help the hijack under the theory is, I just want the plane to land safely. And the stuff that happens on the plane is quite something, not like snakes on a plane or anything, it was reminiscent of Flight 93 in some regards, reminiscent of 9-11 in some regards. Scary in that regard, about people on a plane deciding they need to take control of the plane from hijackers. The whole concept of hijacking is something that as someone who was in New York during 9-11, a New Yorker during 9-11, it is uh, something that you try not to think about too much because it's still 20 years later and when you see a plane flying relatively low in New York City, every New Yorker thinks the same thing. And I'm not sure that PTSD will ever go away. Whenever I see a plane flying low anywhere, I think the same thing. Whenever I hear an engine, I think the same thing. And this entire seven episode arc toys with you until it becomes ridiculous. And that's when they lost me. The problem is, as I give you this review, I'm concerned that my review of the last three episodes where the absurdity happened was tainted by the circumstances under which I watched it, which were with ice pads and ice packs and drinking Gatorade and despondent and nervous that I had to go out and keep running. So I'm curious what you all think of it. Just for the first four episodes, I would watch it. And once you watch the first four, you're gonna have no choice but to watch the last three. And then I'm gonna wanna know. So what's my recommendation? Might as well watch it so we can talk about it. So Friday night, Kevin Brown came back. Quick recap, Kevin Brown, play-by-play -play announcer for the Baltimore Orioles. Baltimore Orioles, best team in the American League. Baltimore Orioles, great story. Leading the AL East, obviously, if they have the best record. Word comes out that their beloved sportscaster, their beloved broadcaster, is not in the booth, had been suspended by the Orioles for conduct detrimental to the team, for saying something on the air about the fact that they can't and haven't beaten the Devil Rays. The Rays. The Orioles had every opportunity to deny that was the reason they suspended him. They didn't, which means that's what it was. Then they announced he's coming back Friday, and I told you, as value added for your loyalty of watching nothing personal and listening, I said, I assure you, Kevin Brown will not deal with this once the red light goes on. When the game is starting, he is just going to do the game as usual. He did it with a statement that was released prior to the game, which enabled him to not say a word during the game. Kevin Brown does not release a statement that is not done in conjunction with the Baltimore Orioles. Ideally, 
when your employee needs to release a statement, you sit with the employee and you come to an agreement on what the statement will read. In this case, I can only hope that Kevin Brown did not want this statement to be released because it was so preposterous. He said in four paragraphs, Orioles are the most exciting team in the American League. That's his start. Great. Unfortunately, recent media reports have mischaracterized my relationship with my adopted hometown Orioles. As Coca pointed out in the pregame, there's been no mischaracterization at all. No one's spoken about your relationship with the Orioles. They were talking about what the Orioles did to you. Let's keep going. The fact is that I have a wonderful relationship with the organization and our ownership and front office. And they have fully supported me since 2019 when I came abroad. I figured that the next part of the statement was that I've had family issues. I've had some mental health issues. I needed a vacation. I needed, I, I had a pre-scheduled trip. I expected the next paragraph to be an explanation of why he missed the time. Because if you've had a wonderful relationship and the, rela and the organization has always supported you, then why the hell were you suspended? For something so preposterous. Luckily, we've got more of the statement to learn more. I ask that everyone disregard the distracting noise of the past few days. How can we disregard it? Don't put in a statement asking people to disregard what is viral. I know that you've got food in your teeth. I ask you to kindly disregard it. Don't worry about the head of lettuce. Don't say anything. It's ridiculous. I can't disregard it. I'm looking right at it. Disregard the distracting noise because I've worked closely with Orioles senior VP Greg Bader for the past four years and John Angelos, who's the owner, and I have a solid dialogue based on mutual respect. Huh? I had a lot of broadcasters in my day. I'm trying to think how many of them that we would have say, I've got a solid dialogue based on mutual respect. The only time owners actually speak to broadcasters in general is when they're not happy with what the broadcasters say. But that's why you've got a senior VP of communications and that's why you have a team president. But maybe John Angelos is so involved that he gives the annual review to Kevin Brown. And then he said, we are all good here in Birdland. I am proud to be an Oriole and call Baltimore home. And there's no place in baseball I'd rather be now and for the long haul. Go O's. Kevin, are you okay? Are you being held hostage? Has your booth been hijacked? There must be an explanation for this statement. So Coke and I did a little digging. And wouldn't you know it, Kevin Brown's contract expires at the end of this season. Hmm. If I were Kevin Brown and I had an expiring contract, I'm trying to decide when I would ever have more leverage to get an extension than right now, when the front office is being pilloried 
destroyed for the way they treated him. Don't you have your agent call up the Orioles and say, listen, are you making this right? Do you want to negotiate an extension right now? Because I'm happy to sign one, but I'm going to need more money in more years. The Orioles may tell me to pound sand. Well, if the Orioles had told Kevin Brown to pound sand, how do you get Kevin Brown to agree to this statement? Because he wants the comp for the last two months of the season? Here's a surprise. You can't fire somebody for not putting out a statement that you want them to put out and not pay them. You can fire anyone you want as long as you pay them out the rest of their contract. If I'm Kevin Brown and the Orioles fire me, terrific. I have an even better story to go to the other 29 teams. Oh, there may be no openings. There's always openings. You find a job. So Kevin Brown's representation would only have him release a statement like that if he had an extension done with the Orioles. It is the only possible explanation for the ridiculousness of this statement, for the disingenuousness of this statement. We're all good here in Birdland? No, we're not. Well, maybe we are. Ah, let's do it. Let's do an official wait to see on this. We're going off the books here, Coca. An official wait to see. Kevin Brown signs an extension with the Orioles and it will be announced after the season. And when that happens, we will all look back on this and smile, knowing A, it's about money, B, Kevin Brown and his agent were smart, and C, Angelos recognized that he was over a barrel. All of this happens because the Orioles own their network and the Orioles obviously then decide who the broadcasters are. But even if you didn't own your network, we never owned our network, but we had the final say over whether who was gonna be the broadcaster. It's so interesting what you do with broadcasters because you want them to be the voice of your team. You want them to be homers. But on the other hand, you want them to have credibility with the audience. And you've got owners who want them to just be homers. You have presidents who want them to be just credible. And somewhere in the middle, there is some sort of mix. It's gonna be the best one, Coca. It really is when Kevin Brown signs that extension. All right, nothing personal pick of the day. Bad. The Blue Jays lost to the Cubs on Friday. We had Cortez. Coco, what was the ruling on Saturday's game? We had Cortez over Alcantara. Alcantara pitched a complete game, but Cortez went on the DL. So that game would have been off the board. Or if you bet it and then your starting pitcher gets pulled, does that bet go away? Coca, you can decide, but I have it as a loss, but maybe that bet goes away. By the way, the Yankees, they lost two out of three to Miami. What a weekend in Miami. Over 100,000 people attended. I don't care if they're Yankee fans or Marlins fans. They were certainly cheering when Berger hit the walk-off yesterday. The Yankees lost for the first time since 2011, giving up four or more runs in the ninth inning, which is amazing. 
Yankees are an absolute dumpster fire. That's why our pick today is the Braves over the Yankees. The Yankees had to leave Miami, schlep to Atlanta, and then face Max Fried. I think the Yankees are cooked. Aaron Boone look cooked. That'll do it. Braves over Yankees. All right. On davidsampsonpodcast.com, you're able to send emails. This was one of them. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. Now you can email me at davidsampsonpodcast.com. Somewhere on the website, there's a way to contact. I haven't figured out totally how to respond yet, but we will. But I see him. Some questions go in mailbags, future mailbags. Some I don't answer, some I do. Hello, David. I've enjoyed your show for all episodes and anxiously await the milestone of 1,000 shows. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Knowing this and seeing what's going on in Oakland and now in Milwaukee with stadium deals, aren't executives concerned that fans will sit at home in the comfort of their own home and big screen ultra sharp TVs and not attend the games? Love this question. It's something that's been talked about for years, decades, and then it's gotten worse. Let me bring you back to the early days, the black and white television days of baseball. People went to games in a suit and tie, everyone dressed up. It's like when they would go on airplanes or go to a Broadway show, you look good. Now people dress like schleps wherever they are. Thank God if you've bought stock in the schlep companies. Although Lululemon's not schlep, but you know what I'm saying, gym wear. So the point always was that when you have no other great alternative, you go to a game. That's how you engage with your favorite sports team. <clears throat> then TV started. Yeah, it's not high def. Still going to the games better. Then high def started. Wow, that's something. Are people going to not want to go to games? We better give value, better do giveaways. We better do promotions. We better do, have good ticket prices, great food, sell the experience. Then you've got high screen, high def, large screen TVs. The question is, is that impact in attendance? Right now, Major League Baseball's attendance is way up. Hard to know what's real, what's not real, but people are into baseball, the new rules. It makes perfect sense if you were gonna start making up attendance like Selig used to, that you would do it this year because of all the positive press around the new rules. If you combine that with the positive press of attendance, you get to draw the bridge. Hey, we're more popular than ever. Our ratings are up. Our attendance is up. It's the rule changes, baby. Baseball's back and people are McLovin' it. It all becomes part of a narrative. Do you remember when we talked about the narrative of Oakland and Tampa and I told you that the stadiums they're looking at are small this is one of the reactions, one of the responses to the alternate way to engage with your team, which is home in the comfort of your living room. You make the stadium smaller because you try to push demand up and you try to lower supply, even though you have 81 games, it's easier to do 81 games at 30,000 than 81 games at 50,000. Stadiums are getting smaller. There was a cycle where stadiums were getting bigger. The Colorado Rockies played in Mile High Stadium then they built Coors Field. They weren't satisfied because they were selling out, so they built even more seats. Now they're making it smaller again. You're constantly adjusting based on supply and demand. Simple economic principles. 
Oakland and Tampa are both looking at very small stadiums. And it is a direct result of the different ways people engage. And it will have an impact, not just on total industry attendance, but it also has an impact on total industry revenue. Unless you can get the same gate revenue at 30,000 people that you can get at 40,000 people, which means you're increasing the prices by about 25%. So your average ticket price at 30,000 has to be 25% greater than 40,000 in order for the same revenue, rough math. If you've saturated the market and there's no more elasticity for ticket demand or ticket prices, then you just get less gate revenue. One of the issues with less gate revenue, that means players get less money. Players share in postseason gate revenue, as an example, directly. They share in regular season gate revenue indirectly by having higher payrolls. The union doesn't like when World Series games are played in small stadiums because the revenue pot generated becomes smaller. And then I told you that expansion's coming, but only once Oakland and Tampa are done. And that was a general benchmark that Commissioner Manfred gave you. And that's what we had been under the assumption of for a decade and a half. Take care of Oakland, Tampa, once Miami was taken care of, and then we'll do expansion. But it's taken so long that now there's other stadium issues. We touched on the Milwaukee stadium issue and something happened this weekend with Milwaukee. And I need to address it because I'm from Milwaukee and I love Milwaukee and I love the Brewers. A story came out that Milwaukee's seven decade run as the Brewers and MLB could be coming to an end because there is no new deal for renovating Miller Park, which is not Miller Park anymore. The Milwaukee Journal Sentinel is reporting that the Brewers could begin exploration of relocation by the fall if they don't get a deal for American Family Field. Remember, they're looking for hundreds of millions and the politicians in Milwaukee have said no. There was a tax that was levied to build Miller Park when Bud Sela got that deal done. That tax has expired and gone away and they don't want to start it again. And they will need to do something, including counties paying part of that tax, being taxed, and they didn't even get a ballpark. It was surrounding counties. Even Milwaukee is stepping up and saying, no, we don't want that tax to go back on the ledger for our citizens. There is still a deal to be done with the governor. There is still a way to get this deal done because the lease at American Family Field doesn't end till 2030. If there's one thing you've learned by watching nothing personal, well, hopefully it's more than one thing. I would hope you know that deals don't get done until the last possible second. You've got to get to the edge of extinction and then you get the deal like your fingernails are sliding off. I'm picturing Tom Cruise falling off the wing of the jet or going from one port to the other on a high-speed train where somehow we can fall from one to the next and do a handhold. That's the type of support that is required and timing that is required to get a stadium deal done. So if you are a Brewers fan, please, 
take a breath, be calm, try to ignore all the articles, try to ignore the segments if we keep doing them, although I don't want you to, but just recognize that this is standard and it does not mean the Brewers are leaving. As a matter of fact, I will go on record today, August 14th, 2023, the Milwaukee Brewers are not leaving Milwaukee. They're not going to Nashville. Baseball cannot keep relocating teams to expansion markets. But there's tons of fighting that's going on. The Orioles, the aforementioned Orioles are still fighting. John Angelos, bless his soul, he's got more to worry about than Kevin Brown. He's fighting for his own money to renovate Camden Yards, which is now an old stadium. They only have till December 31st to get something done. And Angelos has been on record as has the governor in Maryland and the people in Maryland saying, hey, we've got a deal done. Turns out Angelos said, you know what? I'd like a little more money and a little ability to develop around Camden Yards. I just went to visit Atlanta and Chicago and it looks really cool there where I can keep getting revenue sharing dollars from baseball because I'm a revenue sharing recipient in Baltimore, which I shouldn't be. And I can make money that won't hurt my revenue sharing dollars with ancillary development around Camden Yards. This is brilliant. And I'd rather you pay for it. That's triple brilliant. But don't worry, we'll still have Kevin Brown as our play-by-play -play guy. We'll still be the Orioles that you love and we'll refurbish, refurbish Camden Yards and everything will be great. But in the meantime, would you do me a favor and send me an extra 300 mil? I'm talking to you, Marilyn. It's just a quick 300. What's the big deal? You've got till December 31st. We have months. I am a great example of an owner. I play nicely with the other, with our next door neighbors in Washington. I never fight with them. We never have litigation with them. We never are a distraction. I don't, I don't litigate with anybody. I've never litigated with my family or my brother or my mother. I'm the perfect partner. Just give me that 300 million, please. I think they're gonna look right at John Angelos and say, no chance, toilet pants. It's just business. See you tomorrow. This is nothing personal. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.